0: All right, Howlers, let's get howling! But first, a couple quick warnings. First warning, this podcast contains adult content.
1: Don't be a pixie.
0: Second warning, this podcast contains spoilers for the entire Red Rising universe.
1: Including Dark Age. All of it. Don't forget to follow us, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy, email, hollerpod at gmail.com. Go to HowlerPod.com to find all of those things. Also, don't forget to rate and review us. Otherwise, we will publicly shame you in front of a bunch of senators. Wow. For your poor choices.
0: That sounds bad.
1: Not as murdery as normal. But we'll do it.
0: (laughs) We'll still (laughs) shame you. And now, Howlerpod.
1: You look like a bloody saint, ploughed an angel, and out you popped. I look like a deranged fucking mutant that eats babies.
0: Hello, Hallers, welcome to Hallipod, the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising. Where every episode we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising saga. By Howler Number One, Pierce Brown. Oh, oh! I'm your host, Ben Reinert. Joining me today, as always, the amazing Aaron Harris.
1: Hello, Howlers.
0: What are we doing today, Aaron?
1: Iron Gold chapters eight through fourteen.
0: Reread.
1: Reread. I was just thinking, when you introduced yourself, remember, like very first episode, we were like, "You'll you'll be a blue, and I'll be a gold, and you'll be." <laughs> Ben Z Reinert. <laughs> <laughs> and when you just said your name, I was like, you forgot the Z.
0: Now we're just assholes who talk about Red Rising all the time. Yeah. It's pretty great. It's a good memory. Memories.
1: Trade-off. Okay, Ben, let's load up the starshell and shoot straight into our chapter summaries.
0: I really hope we don't shit our suits.
1: Me too. Chapter 8 The Gulf. This is Lysander. Lysander wakes on the Archimedes. He is with Cassius. Ben, he's with Cassius. And uh, he's also with the blue pilot, Pytha. They have been together for the last 10 years uh, since Lysander's grandmother's death. Remember that when she got like her gut poked like a pin cushion?
0: A little bit more than poked. Poked? Kind of like poked and ripped. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: It was great. <laughs> They've been patrolling the fringes of civilization on their honorable path to, quote, to protect the people, to protect those who cannot protect themselves. The Archimedes right now is on its way to answer a distress call from the ship, the Vindabona. Cassius and Lysander sneak on board and find that there's been a massacre by the dreaded Ascomani. And ah. this is the Obsidian eaters. Not the freaky space aliens of Fa.
0: Yeah, these guys are a little different.
1: They're like similar, but like not.
0: They're new to the outer space world. I bet
1: the Ascomani would try to eat Fa. These guys. The Obsidian man Hard to say. Hard to say. While rescuing some of the surviving crew, Lysander learns there's a gold on board. Against Cassius's orders, Lysander goes off on his own to find the gold.
0: Wow, Lysander.
1: Well done, you
0: pixie bitch. What would Lorne do?
1: What would Lorne do? Not be an idiot. (laughs) We know that.
0: Chapter 9, The Passenger. This is also a Lysander chapter. Lysander finds the gold lady hanging from a wire net in a room. He bypasses a bunch of low colors to save the gold, who turns out to be a young woman. She punches the pixie bitch Lysander (laughs) and takes his razor Unable to free the low colors without his razor, Lysander runs for it when the Ascomani come to get him. He and the gold woman make it off the ship just before they're like fucked up by a horde of obsidians. With
1: the warble. Yep. War warble.
0: (laughs) She uh, has a bad gut cut and passes out from all the stems Lysander gave her earlier. He takes her to the infirmary and discovers that she has scars all over her body, include, including one very important scar It's on her right cheek. It's a scar of a peerless. Oh, shit. Oh,
1: shit. Chapter 10, Liberty Eternal. Darrow is at his Senate petition hearing in the forum. He, along with Daxo, present their formal request to draft 20 million new troops, some new ships, and taxes to fund this war effort. Publius
0: Publius.
1: Publius, is like, yeah, let's do that. Let's do what Darrow wants to do. And then Dancer gets up, and he throws down on this speech that aims to wreck Darrow's reputation and take away all of his military power. At the end, he brings in Julia A. Yes. Bologna, Boo. Boo. Bitch. <laughs> As a witness testifying that the Ash Lord, I mean Ash Lord <laughs> sent emissaries to request an armistice, and she says Daryl replied with an iron rein.
0: Still gets me every time Dancer does this.
1: You're like, dude, whose team I'm are just, you on? Yeah, I'm just like You really bro. Julia? Bologna, really? Yeah. He hates golds. Man,
0: it's tough every time. All right, that takes us to uh, chapter 11, Servant of the People. Darrow defends his actions, saying that the Ash Lord, Ash Lord never wanted peace. He saw it as a ruse, because the Ashlord Lord is a fucking moon burner and can't be trusted. Duh! Dancer says, How can we trust Darrow with our armies and power when he didn't tell us about these em- emissaries? Then Publius is like, oh, wait, I agree with Dancer now because he, he sucks. Wolfgar escorts Darrow out of the forum. Severo is like, who do we call? Not the Ghostbusters. Darrow says, no, Severo, summon the Howlers. P- summon the, on the Howlers. Puts on his sunglasses.
1: <laughs> yeah! <laughs> 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 that was a meme throwback. <laughs> 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 Chapter 12 Sling Blades. Lyria runs from the people who just killed her brother. She gets to her home and gets her sister to take the kids and GTFO. Lyria then must say goodbye to her dad, and it's really freaking sad. Thanks a lot, Pierce. I definitely cried this morning while I was trying to put on my makeup. That's
0: tough.
1: Bad time to listen to that chapter. Lyria then goes to get her blind nephew, Liam, from the infirmary. She carries him away, running from the Red Hand bastards the entire way. She and Liam make it to a dump site and hide there under all the shit and garbage while the Red Hand searches for the Gammas.
0: Chapter 13, First the Screams. So the the Red Hand sets the dump site on fire. Lyria flees from the flames of the dump site towards the river where she and some other red escapees are trying to make it to the boat so they can float down the river away from the red hand she then realizes it's a trap set by the red hand they use the fire to flush out the reds in the dump site and they're waiting on the other side with sling baits and guns to kill everybody they then start doing exactly that Leary ducks away and protects Liam pretty much gives up to die Uh, but then she sees some streaking stars across the night skies it's the Republic A gold and blue fox armor slams down next to the river and starts dealing some serious death to those red-hand a-holes. The surviving reds hide in the reeds while the Republic and the red-hand fight it out. The gold that saved them streaks past again, but is shot out of the air and falls into the river, sinking to the bottom. Lyria snaps into action, dives down, ties a rope around his leg, and she and the other reds pull him out. They open his helmet and think he is drowned, but as Lyria leans in to check, he spasms back to life as more Republic ships arrive.
1: Guess who it is?
0: I think it's Kavax.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that when he streaks around, jelly beans like <laughs> fly out of his scruff boots and <laughs> rain down on all the people waiting. He's like,
0: where did these jelly beans come from?
1: First of all... <laughs> Magic! <laughs> <laughs> he spits up water. <laughs> Magic! <laughs> She's like, he's on fucking moon dust like those obsidians. What, what do they take? Mushrooms?
0: Yeah. The God's bread.
1: God's bread. Mm-hmm. That's what Kavox
0: Some great taking. branding there on that. oh I'll drinks. have
1: some. Chapter fourteen, Ephraim Anniversary. Ephraim goes to the bar near the Atlas Interplanetary Docks where he and Trig first met. It's Trig's birthday and it's tradition for him to go to the bar. He's already drunk when he gets there and he starts a fight over the corner booth where he and Trig hung out their first night together. Just before he's about to get roughed up by some big dudes, Holiday walks in, and the ruffians stop because they're scared because she's cool, <laughs> and she's got a wolf cloak, and they're like, Oh, shit, You're she's a, howler. a reaper's own. <laughs> Gotta get away from her. Volga followed Ephraim to the bar as well, and he tells her to go home rather rudely, I must say, As F always does, and he will regret it in the end. We shall see. Should be nicer to Volga. Should be nicer. Ephraim and Holly get drunk together and snipe at each other in a kind of uh, bitter way. Because they're both hurt people. And hurt people hurt people. Holly leaves telling F she's not coming back next year. And that he needs to move on with his life. And do something with himself other than be a sad boy. (laughs) Boy with an B O I. B-O-I. <laughs> Ephraim just decides to be an even sadder boy and leaves the bar and is about to kill himself, falling over the railing outside the bar, when he's pulled down and knocked out by some big old obsidians that are dressed like Neo from The Matrix.
0: Did you check their outfits out? No. <laughs> Long leather dusters, chrome sunglasses. Oh, nice. You know how cool those guys I are I think looking? of
1: that more as, like, Hellboy with an eye
0: <laughs> i mean yeah maybe hellboy with an eye <laughs> just the sunglasses make me think uh
1: does hellboy wear sunglasses or am i thinking of his horns
0: he's got horns no sunglasses oh shit sorry i was just thinking that movie cover of the matrix with neo and the long duster and the sunglasses
1: why do we like keanu so much i really because like he's him. amazing I think he's a terrible actor, but I love him. No.
0: No. (laughs) Wrong. He's not a terrible actor.
1: We'll do some (laughs) Matrix-style fighting later. (laughs) Okay, Ben, now that we have finished our chapter summaries, what's the theme for these chapters?
0: The theme for these chapters is duty. (laughs) (laughs) Not that kind of duty. The other duty.
1: We are (laughs) adults.
0: So throughout these chapters, a lot of the characters seem to have like a duty to their past deeds, like to like write their past deeds or they have like a responsibility that they carry um, on their shoulders. And it really constricts their characters. And a lot of what we'll see in this book is them kind of breaking away from those things, those duties, their past, etc. Et cetera. And now we have some quotes that we've pulled from the book itself. <gasps> and we're going to read them.
1: Pierce's own holy words?
0: To illustrate this theme of duty. We'll start with Lysander's chapter. How many
1: duties did Lysander take? <laughs> so Lysander is talking about his duty to Cassius. Um, and the quote is, I can, nev- I can never forgive him for that. Sorry. <coughs> I can never forgive him for that, but neither can I repay the debt I owe him. He kept several albarca from killing me. He pulled me from the ashes of Luna and the chaos that followed. And for ten years he has protected me, given me a home, and a second family. So he's talking here about he can't forgive Cassius for killing essentially his grandma and um, Aja and basically destroying his life. But Cassius also saved his life. So he's he's got this kind of torn connection to cassius correct and then Conflicted. he's
0: right and he's also taken on cassius's own mission which this quote refers to um cassius bent on a knee and told me his noble mission gold forgot it was intended to shepherd not rule i reject my life and honor that duty to protect the people will you join me I had no family left. My home was at war. I was afraid. And more than that, I wanted to be good. So I said yes. And for the last 10 years, we have patrolled the fringes of civilization, protecting those who cannot protect themselves in the Reaper's new world.
1: A whole new world.
0: <laughs> so we get Lysander's duty here. He's kind of taken on Cassius and his responsibility. But Cassius also set his own... His own idea about like how he wants to move his life forward yeah Cassius is
1: really reforming his his uh past mistakes and trusting the society you know after he found out that Octavia murdered his entire family he was like maybe I was on the wrong side maybe I should you know look in the mirror And really uh, reshape myself. And then um, Lysander somehow missed the whole lesson about not being a space racist. (laughs) But other than that, he he sees that Cassius is honorable. And he's trying to uh, be honorable, not just like Cassius, but also like his grandpa.
0: It's interesting how Cassius is dealing with that, though, because... This next quote will kind of illustrate his struggle with that idea. Like he's trying to make up for his past fuck-ups and his past deeds, but he still has a lot of pain and a lot of regret and probably self-hate around that entire situation. And he's still
1: sore on Mustang.
0: Yeah, you can kind of see it here when Lysander says, Cassius lets his helmet retract and winks at me. His face is harder than when we first met, but every now and again there's that twinkle in his eyes like a light inside a far-off tent, making you feel warm even though you're still outside. I'm warm right now. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Do you need to g- take a walk?
0: And I am outside. He thinks I don't see how wounded he is, how I'm a replacement for the brother Darrow of Lycos took from him in the Institute. Sometimes he looks at me, and I know he sees Julian.
1: I was thinking about this during these chapters, that Lysander is also kind of... a. Uh, Replacement for what Darrow was early in the Institute for right. Cassius, and then Alexander is kind of that for Darrow. In oh, That's
0: a good comparison, yeah.
1: For Alexander's like the replacement of Cassius, so yeah. they they kind of both are filling these holes that they've left in each other's lives.
0: And know. now in Dark Edge, they just get to fill each other's holes. <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs>
1: I did not mean to set you up like that. <laughs> That's
0: the best joke I've ever made in my entire life.
1: <laughs> I set you up. You're welcome. <laughs> so uh, so Jarrow of course, has a lot of duties. He's pulled in a hundred different directions, but mm-hmm. it's mostly he's pulled by finishing EO's war, basically. And um, he thinks if he finally finishes the war, he'll have peace. Mm-hmm. But then he also has a duty to a lot of other people. So, and during Darrow's speech to the Senate, this is about his duty to the war. Darrow says, For the sake of our brothers and sisters on Venus and Mercury, for the sake of the souls we have unchained, for the sake of our children, give me the tools and I will finish this war once and for all.
0: Mm -hmm. And the next quote we have is... Mustang responding to Dancer. Dancer's starting to push back on this idea that they need to finish the war. He's kind of asking up like at what cost and why aren't we helping the places that we've already freed. And And, and
1: Dancer clearly like cares more for Mars than the other planets.
0: Mustang says we have a solemn duty to rid the worlds of the stain of slavery. Your own words Senator. And then later on him and Darrow are kind of going back and forth and Darrow responds to something that dancer says with you think i want war i loathe it it's stolen my friends my family it takes me away from my wife from my child there was if there were another path i would take it but there is no path around this war the only way is through
1: as darrow does best he's the bull in the china shop that's true <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yep. but we can see like all of this duty that Daryl feels is just kind of wrapped up in that last quote though. right? Right. Yeah. Like he has a duty to his family, but he feels like he can't have that time with them because he'll never be left alone. Like he was saying in our last pod, you know, if they were to go away or whatever, they would just have to be guarded all the time and the war would come to them no matter what. And here we see that he wants that and he feels like I have a duty to them, but I can't be the father until I've rid myself of this war. And so he's like, just give me the men. Let's fucking do this. Let's crush (laughs) them. Just
1: do it. (laughs) Have you seen that video, Shia LaBeouf?
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Just do it. (laughs) That's where he's like, with the green screen. Don't let your
1: dreams be dreams.
0: (laughs) It's a great video.
1: Sometimes I watch it in the morning.
0: That's probably good. That's nice and motivational, huh?
1: Next up, our favorite, Lyria. She's got a few duties at this point. One being her her family
0: yeah she just feels like really strongly that she's got to protect her family at this point right yeah
1: and uh she's torn between different members of the family of course there's a heartbreaking scene with her and her dad who finally has like clarity in his eyes and is seeing her for the first time poor in da years. da Poor <laughs> da <laughs> Dude, it's terrible. That
0: was fucking rough.
1: I I like I think (laughs) I hate this chapter so much because that's (laughs) like the saddest thing. That's sadder than Eo dying.
0: It was bad. I'm sorry. It is I I immediately felt bad for making (laughs) fun of Lyria on the (laughs) last pod. (laughs)
1: Well, it's just like uh, the way Pierce writes it, you're you're just like right there with her and you're like, I can't leave this crippled man here to like just get massacred. And and there's also the fear that, like, they won't kill him and he'll just, like, be in there. It's terrible. Everything about it is terrible. Um. So the quote for Lyria is, leaving him behind is like tearing a part of my body away. My eyes sting with tears, but the cold clarity fills me. I have to get Liam.
0: Yep. And we see this kind of in her upcoming chapters, how this duty and, like, her her responsibility for her family really is what propels her forward from here on out. Like, you know, the next time we see Lyria, she's basically going to find her entire family murdered. And then she's only got Liam left. And everything that she does from that point forward is to protect him. She goes up to Kavax and all that stuff. So this is kind of right now is where that seed gets planted and where previously she's held down by this refugee camp. And by being tied with her family, she didn't really, wasn't really doing anything. Now she's kind of been freed from that and has this responsibility to protect what's left of her family because she's the only one that can do it.
1: And then another thing with Lyria that we start to see in these chapters is that um, even though she has a lot of bitterness and she complains a lot, she's also a woman of action. Mm -hmm. So like she wants to go out to see what's going on instead of her brother. Right. And then she's the one who saves um, the Telemannus from the river because, like, she's the first one to be like, hey, we got to do this, and then she steps up and gets it done.
0: Right. They were all going to just let him drown. Well,
1: yeah, and they're just, like, in shock, and they... You need someone to, like, make the first move. I do admire that about her. Yeah, so we start seeing this now, and then, of course, we see it more and more as she uh, becomes a better fighter. Figmentum.
0: (laughs) The next uh, quotes that we have are from old Mr. Ephraim, sad boy himself.
1: I love sad boy Ephraim. I
0: know, he's such a sad, bitter boy. I love him.
1: (laughs) I think we would be friends. I think, like... I think I'm cool, like Severo and stuff, but in reality, I bet Ephraim and I would get along oh, with Oh,
0: hell yeah. This. I'd love to hang out with Ephraim. You see how loaded he's getting all the time? <laughs> <laughs> he could definitely outdrink me, that's for sure. These quotes that we have here are kind of uh, in relation to Ephraim's duty to Trigg, that he feels like he's got to keep going back to this bar to honor Trigg's memory. And we see that Ephraim really just can't let this go. He is basically tethered down. This is destroying him. And it's not allowed. He's like, won't move on with his life at all. And so this is the initial quote when he comes into the bar. And he's talking about, uh, he's kind of remembering, reminiscing about meeting Trigg for the first time. He says, two drinks in, some idiot spilled a glass of spiked milk down the back of my neck. I swung around to teach the prick some manners, but one look at that goofy face and baggy suit, I started laughing so hard I couldn't raise a fist. The man stared back at me with a milk mustache and wide, apologetic eyes. How could you not fall in love with that face? Who the hell orders a milk in a place like this? The man was young, simple, and two years into legion from some earth backwater. We sat and talked in that corner booth and closed the place down. Rest was history. Aww. And just like feel Fuck all nostalgia. Yeah. How to
1: stab him and throw him <laughs> on the side of a mountain. That's <laughs> he not watched very that nice. video again
0: at the end of his chapter I, know. And I was like, dude, you gotta freaking stop. Uh but He's yeah, just you can see torturing just, like, himself. Yeah, you can see the amount of nostalgia and how how tied to that those moments and that relationship Ephraim is. And this is ten years later at this point. Like yeah. ten years down the road, if we're still Like, at this point, that's that's pretty rough.
1: He has not gone to therapy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He definitely needs some counseling. (laughs) He needs to talk to someone.
1: And then uh, not only is Ephraim tied to um, this memory and uh, coming back to this bar uh, because of Trig, but so is Trig's sister, Holiday, Mm -hmm. the bulldog herself. What what does he call her? A cement block or something? Yep. (laughs) I'm trying to picture a woman who looks like a cement (laughs) block.
0: I always Um, imagine her very square because of that. (laughs) Very uh, solid. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
1: So Holiday starts off. She says, well, it's good to see you, F. To be honest, I'm surprised you came. He says, ouch, thought I wouldn't care anymore. She says, thought you wouldn't remember Trig's birthday. Wow. Damn. And he's over here like, not only do I remember it, I torture myself over it all daily. The time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, I thought you wouldn't remember because you're busy with saving the world and all right. that shit.
0: They have the most like he's just so nasty to her in that conversation. I'm just like, Ephraim, just stop. You're being so self destructive.
1: Yeah. Well he's trying to it's get hard abused, to watch. you yeah. know. Right. He's probably hoping she'll beat him up.
0: Yeah, he just like doesn't like himself so much.
1: Yeah. He's a sad boy. He's a sad boy. <laughs> so those are our uh, point of view characters, and that's all of their duties.
0: Their quotes surrounding our theme of duty, responsibility, etc. 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 That <laughs> takes us to the prime five.
1: Five of our favorite insights and observations from this week's chapters.
0: Let's talk about the mind's eye.
1: The mind's eye.
0: Everybody who says it wasn't set up. I would probably agree. We could, like I think that in these chapters, it could have been explained a little bit more. Yeah, because
1: I didn't remember it when we were reading Dark Age.
0: In Pierce's defense, it is mentioned twice.
1: Twice in Lysander's chapter when he's on the Vindabona.
0: Right, in the same chapter. In the same in, chapter. Yeah. Be the calm. Right. And so, I mean, it's there. It's right there. He talks about he needs to get himself into it. He doesn't seem a, as good at doing that as he did in Dark Age. Right. But we've got to think about, he's probably been practicing this. He had a lot of time on that ship.
1: Also, the stakes might have even been, like, too low for him to jump into it, maybe. Right. He starts to, like, think about it. When the fear rises, he says, uh, like, my grandmother taught me, uh, stand astride it and watch it go by, which is very, like, meditative.
0: Right, right. Yeah, the river of fear or whatever. He's Uh like, if you try to fight it, you'll be taken away by the current. You have to stand next to it, feel it flow. Be the calm. Right. I'm going to keep saying that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was actually like great advice for like a fear situation, you know? No, it's if you (laughs) ever have tried meditation, (laughs) they say like,
1: you know, watch your thoughts go by. Don't fight them. Just stand there and watch them go by. And I was like, that's what he's doing with his fear.
0: Right. So I think... For the people that were complaining about that. Me. I I hear you. I think that your complaint is valid. That if we would have maybe seen like within these chapters him slipping into the mind's eye or like, like being he better at fighting. In Dark Age. I I don't still don't think he's bad at fighting. I don't know where we're getting that, but He uh, let
1: Serafina kick his ass. She
0: he, for, he didn't know she was peerless. She thought he thought that she was like wounded and you know but he gave
1: her three stems
0: sure and he and right and he's also kind of naive at that point too he even does say whoa that's probably dangerous not and he's because like, the
1: fact that she can take all that exactly means she's built up a dollar right he's like oh fuck <laughs>
0: <laughs> so i mean he's smart enough to recognize that but i just think that at this point he's naive still uh but he does say like in those chapters too that he's killed askimani not by himself But he has killed the Ascomani before. He obviously survived the situation. I don't think Lysander is a bad fighter. Although we do get a point where Cassius is like, hey, man, you're really small. He's like, you're real skinny. Right. And (laughs) and, uh,
1: that brings us to Prime 5 Part (laughs) 2 where we talk about Cassius. Ben, let's talk about Cassius. I just
0: love having him back.
1: I do too. Oh I'm my gosh! I did miss him.
0: It's so great. i like, like,
1: this is why I love these chapters so much. Is because we get some Cassius banter.
0: First of all, can we talk about Cassius with a beard?
1: You know I love a man with a beard. Wow. No dimple chin though.
0: Can we get? Because there's a beard. Can we get palace illustration to, to draw do Cassius beard? Cassius with a beard.
1: Like a uh, kind of raggedy ship Cassius, but yes. he's still a buff. <laughs> 'Cause uh Lysander calls him <laughs> muscly creature. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, Ooh, it. are we flirting? <laughs> I'm totally here for that.
0: <laughs> I like seeing him uh, you know, like in charge. He's like got their armor on, you know, they're going through the ship, they're fighting, doing all this stuff like that. It's just it's And cool Cassius to see is it.
1: saving those who cannot save themselves. Yeah, he's
0: in action. So it's just it's cool to see him like I also like his witty banter back and forth with Lysander also with Pytha. With Him Pitha. and Pytha have a really good exchange where she's talking about how she's the captain or whatever, and he's like, he calls her a pilot. pilot. <laughs> 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 and then winks at Lysander. That's and
1: uh, also, Cassius's first words to Lysander in Iron Gold uh, kind of reminded me a little bit of his first words to somebody else. Oh, wow. In Dark Age. Yeah. He says, um, Night terrors again, and then my first thought was brooding again. (laughs) 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 So uh, he's still himself, I think we can say.
0: Right? Yeah. So uh, let's—we're really gonna enjoy these these few chapters that we get again with Cassius. It's
1: like excited adventure, Cassius, before he has to fuck up his beautiful face and pretend that he's not himself. Next up. Prime 5. Here we see Publius come back. Come back as in from Dark Age.
0: I was so fucking mad about this because...
1: Yeah, I was mad about Dancer. I feel like he's being an idiot. Yeah. Also, like, Publius, um, in Chapter 10, Iron Gold, they talk about him being, uh, quote, the incorruptible.
0: Exactly. That's where I was like, I was mad at myself over that. Anytime you call somebody the incorruptible.
1: They're clearly the bad guy. Fuck.
0: <laughs> How did we miss that?
1: Nobody's incorruptible, <laughs> including the perfect woman herself. That should have been a giant Mustang.
0: fucking red flag.
1: <laughs> the incorruptible because of his lack of vices and something else. Golly. Uh, yeah, he's incorruptible, aka he's an idiot, and he doesn't realize that he's handing over the Republic back. To the fucking society
0: right but also like he is a a creature that wants power like that is pretty clear in dark age as well like he doesn't know the full extent of what he's doing but But he still he
1: clearly knows he's a bad guy yeah
0: he's thirsting for power and he's working for it under this guise of the quote-unquote incorruptible and i know we did like kind of suggest him as a possible person
1: for the syndicate?
0: Just as like connected to that type of stuff. Cause we had talked about the meeting with the copper and the mm. gray that Lyria sees. But we, I mean, we didn't know to this level. We didn't know there
1: would be an abominadrius.
0: Right. And so that just, when I read that, I was just like, that was in the first paragraph of Darrow's thing when he starts talking about Publius and calls him the incorruptible. I'm just what like, what a I'm
1: dumb fucking name, too. I'm a fucking Publius.
0: idiot. I was like, I should have just seen this from eight miles away.
1: Yeah. And I hated, he's such a snake, how he, like, at first agrees with Darrow, like, we need to give Darrow troops and support him. And then he's like, wait.
0: But even then, he's still like, Darrow is a, a great son of the Republic, but I do agree with Dancer, you know, like, yeah. he's still playing, like, both sides of Ugh. the coin there. Yeah. And
1: then Dancer is just, like, playing right into Abominadress' little palm. I just was... I mean, I d- and the Ash Lord. It's
0: like I Oh, get do you
1: think the Ash Lord and Abominators are working together?
0: At this point, I would say no.
1: Because it's almost like in this moment, Dancer's like clearly not working for the Ash Lord, but he's like I trying. Don't know. There, there
0: might be some connections there. You're right. I mean, there could be some connections between Lilith and Ash Lord, and because we got, we obviously have it, Julia.
1: I want to know how Dancer is i don't I can never s- imagine him like playing into this scheme that the asteroid's throwing, especially he's like the favorite uncle of um the rat lesion, and he's like been with the sons of Aries. he knows the asteroid's a fucking uh liar who's gonna burn everything down, so he should have reacted the same way that Darrow did right so this whole like dancer being like Darrow. Here's Julia, this woman that I also hate. Like, why didn't you listen to her? Clearly, they're not lying. They're golds. Right. It doesn't make sense It
0: is. That seems a little naive on his part. I think mainly where he's coming from is that the cost has just become too high for him and for the Vox Populi. Because ultimately, they are still the people suffering. So they've taken them out of slavery. But... Are they any better off? All these people are still suffering while gold still sits up, uh, you know, in the highest towers and still controls a lot of the the situation. Gold, silver, the color system is still kind of there. Everybody's free, but like poverty is just as much of a yoke as actual slavery is. Basically, kind of where he's coming from. So I get that part of his argument, but I don't get like what you said. Why he would fall for. What obviously just seems like a gold ruse at this point. Like, how could you ever trust Julia Abolona?
1: or the Ash Lord?
0: Yeah, I mean, to lay down their arms, like, like they would ever want peace. I was just like, yeah, this, this is the guy that burned. Like, uh, when Daryl says that, this is the dude that burned a moon. Like,
1: yeah, like he he says like he's gonna burn all of us to the ground mm-hmm. to get his moon his home back. Like he wants to come back to Luna. He wants to rule the fucking world, you know?
0: And I also love what Darrow says at the end of that chapter when several's like, oh, my God, what the fuck are we going to do? Or why did they do this? And Darrow's like, well, they're just going to throw me in jail for as long as they don't need me. And then as soon as they need me again, they're going to pull me out. You know, like she's, uh, I'm probably, right. I'm probably fucked for right now. But he's like, as soon as they need me again, they're just going to pull me out and put me back in charge. Right. But it's like he can already Once see through Ash-Lord all of that. the Ash Lord makes his move, though. Right.
1: And then Daryl probably couldn't get that power back.
0: Right. So he's, like, not as off base as maybe we thought originally reading Iron Gold. Like, Daryl's pretty spot on with his assessment. He just didn't see the entire picture, obviously. Right. With Abominadrius and all that. So it's, it was hard to see any of that coming along. But
1: Really, it all started with the Iron Rain.
0: Yeah. I like, still think that might have been a mistake, but I, right. I, I don't but know. Right, especially
1: because of Cephi and the Obsidians. Right. just how Obviously, we weren't there because we didn't read it. <laughs> Going back and looking, you see that Darrow was probably even played by the Ash Lord and provoked into an Iron Raid, and the Ash Lord probably wanted all of that to I happen. I
0: think that's a really good point. Yeah.
1: So the Ash Lord is like, great, I'm turning everyone at home against themselves, like like I planned
0: provoke them into an iron rain that's a, a really great um point and they specifically targeted obsidian's during the iron rain so that more of them died right which w- um further fractures you know Darrow's strength basically
1: And Darrow even admits that the um this whole politicians game is not his strength but clearly these golds they like their whole lives lived for all this backstabbing. Mm -hmm. So the Ash Lord and Atalantia, they're all like way better than Darrow at um, playing this sneaky, sneaky card and like turning people against each other.
0: Yeah. So I think his intuition is right there. It's just like he doesn't have all the info that he needs and he's maybe not as savvy as we would want him to be as far as a political game goes. But his intuition was spot on for the most part. Yes. Uh, okay. So the next item on the Prime Five list, there's kind of a cool moment in Lysander's introductory chapter where he talks about the great philosopher Carl Sagan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah.
0: He says the great philosopher Sagan once preached, and it was in our nature as a species to explore. Uh, and then this is also kind of a setup for some of the technological jumps that we've seen in Iron Gold as well as Dark Age. He Uh says, despite the modern chaos, we do live in a new age of innovation. Perhaps, so it's just one line. It might be kind of a throwaway line, but like that is showing us that like there's still a a lot of innovation in the solar system going on. So these kind of new souped up ships that we're seeing, that can be a little bit of a setup for that. Uh, But he just talks about how Carl Sagan says basically within...
1: Does he say Carl or just he Sagan? He just says
0: the great philosopher Sagan. Yeah. Once preached it was in our nature as a species to explore. And then he says perhaps some brilliant or girl yet to take their first step will one day make an engine to carry us faster than the speed of light beyond our single star beyond the stain of man he talks about how he he wants to like explore the solar system and go see nebulas and stuff and i thought oh that would be kind of a cool life for lysander too bad he turned into a real
1: space racist
0: (laughs) space racist pixie but i thought that was just an interesting that is interesting throw in there from pierce
1: thanks pierce Mm -hmm. thanks also carl sagan yeah shout out
0: carl sagan cosmos (laughs)
1: um that brings us to our last prime five talking about trig the the milk was definitely spiked
0: is this the part where i get to say i told you so yes okay Mm
1: -hmm. are you gonna say it (laughs) i told you so (laughs) the milk was spiked (laughs) also uh along with this i wanted to talk about how holiday is definitely not the snitch and ben is wrong so while I gave I gave you one saying you were right, I also want to point out that you're wrong. I
0: saw what you wrote here. Go ahead and make your point. I do have a counterpoint to make.
1: And I'm going to throw it under the <laughs> rug and stomp on it. <laughs> so I said, if Holiday is the syndicate queen snitch, then why does she have a, quote, look of fear flash over her face when she sees that they've tried uh, to house arrest Darrow when she sees it on her data pad as she's leaving the bar? Mm-hmm. I think it's because she knows what Daryl will do and she's afraid for him and for Mustang. And if she was the one who leaked the info about the emissaries, then she wouldn't be surprised and have a look of fear come over her by this news. And she wouldn't be getting drunk in a bar with Ephraim knowing that this um, was what was about to happen if she was the snitch. I see your point. So she didn't know anything was going to go down because she just thought Darrow's asking for more troops. She didn't realize they knew anything about emissaries.
0: Okay. I disagree with what you're saying flashed across the data pad.
1: What do you think it said?
0: Okay. So if we look at the timing of this.
1: But you don't know when the timing we is. <laughs> no, do
0: We do, actually, it says.
1: What's it say?
0: Because Holiday... Was at the triumph the day before. Right. So this is the next day. So this is the day of Darrow's hearing. Right. Right.
1: Darrow's petition for more troops, not Correct. his hearing.
0: Yeah, whatever, his trial or whatever, where Dancer makes a thing. Right. right? And they walk out. And what does Darrow say at, when he walks Summon out?
1: Summon the howlers.
0: That's what's on her data pad. She's just been summoned by Darrow and Severo to come to the tower because the next scene. But that why she's is it in, a is th- with Darrow and them at the tower. So
1: my point, though, is... She,
0: ha- she has fear run across her face because she's just been summoned by the person that she betrayed.
1: She did not! <laughs> no, I'm saying if she betrayed him to Dancer, mm-hmm. she would have known all the shit was going down with Dancer. So? So she wouldn't be, like, surprised.
0: I don't think she was surprised. She was scared.
1: I don't think that she would have that reaction if she knew anything, if if she thought anything other than what Daryl getting more troops was going on.
0: If she was the traitor and had given information away to Dancer and then had just been summoned to a howler meeting if she gave, where if she gave, gets called out for betraying information, she would be scared before she goes to that meeting. No. Yes.
1: I don't think that if she told Dancer she wouldn't have gone to a bar to drink with Ephraim, she would have like stayed at the Forum if she thought all that was going down.
0: That's a long-running tradition between friends. It's her brother. I would agree that she she would drink like
1: a whole bottle of whiskey.
0: She's fucking drunk because she just, she just you know uh, betrayed the Republic.
1: You don't even believe it. (laughs) You're like scratching your face and shit because you're nervous because you have a flash of fear because you're lying.
0: I think it's a pretty good theory. still stands in my opinion.
1: I think that you are the traitor.
0: I can't wait for this, this I told you so to come around.
1: It never will.
0: <laughs> we shall see, my friend.
1: Does anyone else think <laughs> that Holiday is the snitch? Because snitches get stitches, and I'll cut you (laughs) if you think it's holiday.
0: (laughs) All right. Now that we have uh, stated our prime five, we have to name our primus of the week. This is our one character who conquered our proctors of plot and rose above the rest. Our primus of the week is?
1: Dancer. Man,
0: fuck this guy, though.
1: (laughs) Not big Dancer fans <laughs> at the moment. You know what? This wouldn't happen if Uncle Nero was still around. I'm
0: still sad he's dead, though.
1: Uncle Nero would, would slap Dancer in the face.
0: Right. Uh, the reason we picked Dancer is because he's kind of really the only person that gets his way in this entire set of chapters, right?
1: Yeah, like Liria's family gets murdered. <laughs> Darrow gets, like, torn up.
0: Yeah, Uh, Lysander gets beat up by a girl
1: (laughs) Ephraim tries to kill himself
0: (laughs) And we didn't want to name Julia Bologna the the winner She didn't win shit We could have given it to Cassius just for coming back Just for like being But then everybody would be like Ben loves Cassius
1: (laughs) (laughs) Also we couldn't give it to Volga Because Ephraim yelled at her And made her skulk away And he's a meanie
0: and uh, we also have a secret primus and that's Abominadrius cuz he's in the background here just
1: puppet fingers
0: pu- puppeteering
1: do you think it's more abominadrius or do you think it's more ash lord at this point
0: i think this is a lot of abominadrius and lilith it seems like syndicate queen yeah type stuff i agree yeah
1: even though the ash lord sent the emissaries i think that abominadrius some kind of
0: connection between the two
1: Adrius is the one who like told the answer about the emissaries.
0: Seems like oh, I don't know about that. We know how Adris that was. Holiday.
1: <laughs> you are so annoying. You know how Adris always had um, not only spies everywhere, but he like he literally controlled yeah, he's got the, the media patch of bells or whatever. But when no normal Ad- Adris. Oh yeah. He I gotcha. like controlled the media, mm, mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm he had all all that unlocked. Right.
0: Yeah, he's good at the messaging.
1: Like maybe Abominadrius has that same type of power. Right.
0: He's definitely in the background pulling some strings here, which is just wild that we are Cause in he's the, 10. We're in the first 14 chapters of Iron Gold and we've already got strings being pulled by Abominadrius who shows up in the middle of Dark Age. Right. And also we have Askamani appearing. It's just it's all it's all set up. Yes, Sp- this is this writer guy, Pierce Brown, I'll tell you what.
1: Who? Uh, Pierce Brown it's pretty good space aliens well oh yeah so we were talking about are these space aliens the same space aliens and we were thinking these space aliens are not the Fa.
0: There's two different categories of like Askamani. So right.
1: Like, These are like the ones who still need ships and can't just float around in space.
0: Right. Well, Lysander talks about that. He talks about the legends of the Askamani out in kind of deep space, Pluto, Neptune, whatever, that went out there long ago after the Dark Revolt. He right. said those guys were just rumors. And I that's suppose. who Volsung Fa is leading That's right. that group, and
1: we haven't seen them yet.
0: The obsidians that Lysander and Cassius run into are obsidians that were freed in the last, you know, ten years during the revolt. Here, um, they are freed from the ice. They just didn't really fit in society. They've kind of gone out into their ships and brought the ice to the Kuiper Belt, which is well kind of also like also the
1: these aren't these the guys and stuff who like bite Darrow's cheek and shit when. They're still with Ragnar, yeah. In that down ship.
0: Oh, I mean, they could be. I think it's just a. It's it's just they like they
1: want to eat the gold so that they can be gods,
0: right? I don't think it's like specifically those obsidians. I think it's just any kind of like obsidians because he talks about how these obsidians are from Earth. They have like Earth accents. Oh. Um. Yeah. So these obsidians are just kind of obsidians that didn't fit into current society that have gone out and made like use their culture gone out in space and just are wrecking shit because they don't give a fuck
1: they (laughs) do not
0: (laughs) it's my scientific opinion on that one my
1: scientific (laughs) uh opinion about space aliens (laughs) carl sagan would be impressed (laughs) okay this brings us to our next section howler q a guess who we have a question from
0: our favorite number one fan
1: og james
0: at Copeland seven six seven three. What's up, James? What up, James this Copeland? Is, this is a really cool question, actually. Go for it, Aaron. If you could have one item from the Red Rising canon be real, what would it be? Examples would be like grab boots, or a razor, or pulse armor, or the the pills that you take when mm. you read a book. Or oh shit!
1: I want all of them. <laughs> I'm gonna choose sunbloods.
0: Wow. That's a great choice for you.
1: Thank you. you I deserve you a smaller horse.
0: <laughs> a giant monster beast horse. I deserve a horse. monster beast horse that can <laughs> bite your head off
1: for thinking holiday <laughs> is the snitch. I'm going to name my son Blood Sailor Mars. Wow. With firepower. Is Celestial that- fire. Ignite. <laughs> That's right, guys. I love Sailor Moon. (laughs) 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 Surprised? No. Ben, what would you choose from the Red Rising Cannon?
0: This comes down to two things for me. Grav boots, flying would be fucking awesome.
1: Yeah, that was honestly, like, my first thought.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's my first, like, gut reaction. I would love to be able to fly. Yeah, but also I feel like I would fucking crash in those and kill myself
1: and you'd get bugs in your mouth if you didn't have the right <coughs> suit on. all around
0: and probably just could not handle that
1: also like don't you think the military would shoot <laughs> you down
0: <laughs> so i do really like this idea of these pills that <laughs> you can take
1: oh i thought you were talking about <laughs> <laughs> the mushroom <laughs> <laughs> the
0: god's bread. No, i can find that i was on like on ben Earth your right mom's now. listening <laughs> <laughs> I do like these pills that Daryl's taking when he's studying for the institute. Yes, where he can the just download. Like, yeah. Is that wasn't he like taking like a a pill and like then yeah, listening and he wakes to books up at night?
1: knowing uh 700 years of history. So
0: that's kind of where I'm at. I want to be smarter than everyone. Mm, mhm. And so that's You want to be more of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: do you know what your brains will get you? Eaten by my son blood. <laughs>
0: So that's where I'm going to go with this. I definitely would cut my hand off with a razor.
1: Yeah, I'm not trust. I can't even I played dodgeball yesterday. I can't even catch a dodgeball. <laughs> like I'm not going to
0: I'm just like what am I going to use that for? A practicality. Like, you know, it's all I'm ever going to do. You can't do- actually
1: kill people with it. You'll go to jail right. and they'll take your razor from all you.
0: All I'm ever going to do is like whip it out in front of my friends and then like accidentally cut my leg <laughs> and then it's just gonna be like Or accidentally
1: murder <laughs> your friends. <Yeah. laughs> You'll you'll be the one like chopping tops of beers off in those slow mo <laughs> videos, you know, where you get the cap off, right?
0: And then somebody freezes, and then it's like slowly like a line of blood, like.
1: No, have you seen Ghost Ship? <laughs> and they slowly their body yeah, slide like in slides half. off. <laughs>
0: then I've cut my friend in half. It's gonna be a terrible night.
1: This sounds like a great <laughs> thing that we should never do.
0: So I'm gonna go synthetic pills
1: to make you smarter with. Thanks, James. Yeah. Did James say what he would choose? He did not. Wow.
0: But if anybody would like to write in.
1: We would like to know what you would like to keep.
0: We can definitely talk about that on a pod in the future. Do
1: you know what I would like to not keep from oh, the Red Rising Universe? Abominadris. I a fucking spaceship <gasps> can would change, be pretty cool, can too. Can I change my answer? Sure. <laughs> I want a parasite in my brain.
0: Oh, dang. The parasite. That's a good call
1: then you always have a friend to talk to that's true can i have that and, a and you have great
0: spatial awareness
1: and if people sneak up on you you <laughs> know it no i still like Man. the sun blood
0: now i'm thinking i want like just like a spaceship why
1: didn't we choose spaceships <laughs> <laughs> we're so stupid <laughs> hey guess what nobody has spaceships right
0: Dang. Well, that's not true. This is a great question, but not
1: James. S- I want a spaceship that can get me all the way out to the rim in like four weeks. I know. We don't have we those could just yet. I'm
0: flying around. Man. <sighs> all right. We'll, we'll, we'll keep chewing on that one. Okay. All right, Aaron. You know what it's time for?
1: What are we into this week?
0: I'm going to go first. Okay. I'm like a little boy now and <laughs> I just watch YouTube all the time. I don't know what's happened to my me and my life. but I like,
1: still do not watch YouTube.
0: I just watch YouTube all, all the time what now. What do you watch on YouTube? I'm about to talk about something. <laughs> I have the YouTube app on my Apple TV and it's the first thing I do. Like if I'm going to watch TV, I turn on my Apple TV and then I go straight to YouTube because I'm a, a teenager apparently. I don't know what's wrong with me. Anyway, there's these great videos that I just... Watched like 18 of them on Sunday. They're from Epicurious Kay. and they're these sweet food videos. Like, they'll do like pizza four ways, is what it's called. Mm. And what it is, is they'll do like a level one chef, so like uh, an at home, just like n- not very good chef. They'll do like a level two chef, which is still kind of like uh at home chef, but like experienced. And then they'll do like a level three chef, which is like a professional chef. They'll all make the same thing, like pizza or something. And then they have a food scientist, like, break down them making these things. And they explain, like, what the higher-level chefs do to, like, make their food taste better or, like, a mistake that the level one chef makes. And they're all, like, these four- or five-minute videos. And they're really interesting. And it's because these people, like, really enjoy cooking. And then you get to see the actual kind of food science around why something tastes better and then they t- explain like how stuff works like in the food process so like when you add an, a certain ingredient like what it does to make the food better and it's really cool so it's kind of like science plus making food and they're great videos and i love at the end of every video they have all three chef chefs try what they make and they all go, hmm, really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you get like three levels. Like, I just watched one on fried chicken and one lady made like chicken tenders. She was like the level one. Then one lady made like buttermilk fried, chick- fried chicken. And then like professional chef make this like super fancy, amazing fried chicken. And they all took and they all just made the chicken and they were like, hmm, good. This is really good. <laughs> <laughs> I have an important question
1: uh-huh. Are you going to take this knowledge? And actually cook food? yes
0: like y- the the food science stuff especially you can kind of apply to your own cooking because it uh, really breaks it down and explains like why the why behind some certain cooking techniques which is really interesting and you're like oh I can do that or like adding this ingredient why you should cook something at, at this temperature and that type of thing and it's it's great. I'll uh, just check it out. Epicurious. Cool. You can they have all kinds of different ones like tacos, lasagna, fried chicken, and they're just I
1: need level one. I need level zero.
0: I uh often watch food stuff because I am a fat kid trapped inside like a regular man's body. And
1: <laughs> I was like, please don't call yourself <laughs> athletic or something. <laughs> <laughs> So rude. I'm just a fat kid <laughs> trapped inside this hot, buff body. No,
0: a regular man. <laughs> <laughs> just a regular person.
1: Wait. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> I
0: back. often watch food videos. I have to watch food videos because I don't want to eat, but I. I'm thinking about food constantly, so I like to watch these food videos. Aren't you like... like
1: Isn't that like torturing yourself? No, it kind of like satiates my appetite for sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's food porn for real.
1: (laughs) That is spelled E-P-I-C-U-R-I-U-S.
0: Yeah, check out Epicurious. They're great.
1: I'll check it out.
0: Check out the newer ones, though, because the food scientist on the old ones sucks. The new videos has a much better food scientist, and she's much more fun to listen to.
1: And we are picky about our scientists.
0: It's true. Aaron. What are you into? Hi,
1: I'm into an app on my phone. It is called Yoga Download mm. app. Yoga Download is one word, mm-hmm. but it's a free app, and they have yoga on it. Mm-hmm. But I like it because you can pick based on like length of time, and I always pick the under 20-minute one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they have like different levels and everything. But I've looked al- at a lot of apps and different uh places online and stuff for free yoga videos. And this is like the easiest way I have found to do it. And also I like the teachers and they play a little, you know, yoga type music in mm. the background.
0: Some calming
1: some tones. Some, some tones. <laughs> little bit of words I don't understand. Nice. Um, so, yeah, they're like, I'm looking at it now. There's like 300 classes that are up to 20 minutes. Wow. And then you can be like, hey, actually, I want to work out for 60 minutes. And there's 600 classes that are an hour long. So great way to do some yoga after you eat your healthy food from the, s- the food scientists.
0: I'm a, a Sarah Beth yoga guy myself.
1: What's Sarah Beth yoga?
0: She's on YouTube.
1: Oh, YouTube again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but she's got some great yoga videos. She also has an app I've never checked out. She's just hot, so that's probably. Oh, right is right that there. what you're saying? Yeah.
1: Um. Oh, also this app. It's not only yoga. There's also like meditation, and there's like um some that are like, hey, this is yoga for rock climbers. Not something we do here in in Kansas. No, but um, if you have a mountain to climb, you could do that yoga. So, lots of shit that's good for your body and your mind. Wow! And this is how you start to develop the mind's eye. (laughs) Be the calm.
0: Be the calm.
1: Oh, she is hot. I just googled her, Sarah Beth. Yeah. Hey, girl.
0: She's got some good videos, though. I mean, I actually do do yoga.
1: You do you do the yoga, you don't just sit there and watch her like a creep. Like <laughs> like you drool over the food, but you don't sit there and drool over Sarah No, nope, I actually
0: do the yoga. What are we doing next episode on Howler Pod?
1: Iron Gold, chapters fifteen through twenty-one.
0: Where can people find us on the world wide web?
1: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy, email howlerpod at gmail.com. Go to Howlerpod.com to find all that shit. Don't forget to rate and review us. Five stars only. If you don't give us five stars, I will take my newly acquired sunblood, have him bite your face off, but leave you alive, and then Ben will take his newly acquired razor and accidentally cut you in half, (laughs) and then you'll slowly slide off your body like they do in Ghost Ship. (laughs) And then you'll think, if only I had given them five stars. Yep.
0: And also, we always need questions for Howler Q&A. So if you've got a question... Send it in.
1: And tell us what you would take if you could take one thing from Red Rising.
0: Yes, we want to hear that. All right. Thanks, Howlers.
1: Omnisphere lupus.